Hello, everybody. Uh, welcome to another podcast on the Benicia Voice. Today is September the 29th. Uh, today, uh, this podcast, the previous podcast, we had Carrie Birdseye. Uh, that was a couple of weeks ago. We had a little break. Uh, and today, uh, we're going to be discussing the most recent um, Rancho Benicia candidate forum meeting, um, which happened uh, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, so, um, so uh, we're going to be discussing some of the questions that came up in that meeting and some of the responses, and also to help um, sort of Benicia citizens uh, notify some of the things that went went on in that. So um, I'll hand over to we have just the three of us here today. So we have me, uh, Bart Sullivan, and Andy and Andy Brunt, the producer. So I'm going to hand over to uh, to Bart to start us off. Well, thanks, Ruben. Um, so. Tonight, what I wanted to mention about the, these questions, these are four questions that were brought up at the meeting that the candidates had uh, opportunity to review in advance and then bring to the meeting. Um, by the way, for people in the audience listening, um, you can see the meeting. If you, you can go, view the whole meeting on our YouTube channel. Yes, you can go to our YouTube channel, Benicia Voice YouTube channel, and you can see the whole meeting end to end. It's really good. I, I encourage everyone to go watch that meeting. I think you'll learn a lot about the candidates and, and, and their responses and see what they're, what they're like. Um, the first question, uh, I think, is really it, it is, is aimed mostly at um, at say the seniors, but I think in in really in reality it kind of covers a lot of ground for the rest of uh, residents in Benicia. So I'll, I'll read the question, and then what I'll do is pass it back to Ruben to discuss it from his point of view, and I'll discuss my point of view, and then I'll bring in Andy to, uh, to also discuss his point of view, and, and at the same time we might bring in some of the candidates' responses and when, if we know them um, and talk about them a bit as well. So here's the first, um, the first question. Strength in numbers helps our efforts to aid in city projects and to promote our concerns. Please comment on possible senior commission with representation from the Senior Center, Rancho Benicia, Carquinas Village, Casa de la, de la Rosa, and the city and others. So Ruben, I'm going to pass that back to you. There's the question. Basically, we're, we're commenting on a, whether it's good to have a senior commission in Benicia. What, what are your thoughts? Well, I, I believe definitely it is a good idea, um, especially so that, you know, it, there's a central place for, you know, um, discussion on, on issues and matters. I think it's very, you know, to have like a roundtable discussion and basically a an place where people can, um, you know, really discuss the issues that matter most. I think what the issue is is having lots of different commissions if it, you know, ends up, going out and then things get lost in translation and uh so i think one response was having like a hybrid uh from carrie bird's eye which was kind of which was a good uh i think a very good thing to potentially do is have like a hybrid of commissions i don't know i'd say i yeah. don't know too much about uh, how these commissions really work uh but I, I would say the most important thing is having one central streamlined way so that of uh, people discussing um, mm -hmm. issues and making it e as easy as possible f for people to do that and having an open uh, area where people can discuss yeah so I, yeah i think it's like it's like open basically open government we're trying to uh or the city or once basically they have the citizens come in and volunteer to, to bring uh, city voices into the into the city to help them make decisions and to do things um, you know, one of the things about these senior commission, you talk about the hybrid portion that, that Carrie mentioned, and, and I think Terry also, Scott also mentioned it. Um, the hybrid, the reason for the hybrid was because apparently 
the city is uh, shutting down a lot of the commissions that are currently being uh, currently out there. And the reason was staffing. They don't have enough staff because right now, apparently, it looks like most of the commissions are staffed by city workers, and they're looking for more citizen participation. So, um, yeah, I mean, my, my take on the senior commission, like any commission, I think it's wonderful to get people involved at all levels. A senior commission, we're almost, I think, 40% seniors now in Benicia, at least according to some statistics. So, gosh, I think it'd be great to have a commission that supports a large percentage of our population, especially, I think seniors get kind of uh, put, in, you know, put in the back burner. Maybe some of the issues are not as you know, prevalent for other, other uh, Benicians. But for seniors, there's housing issues. There's, uh, you know, uh, for them to be able to figure out maybe single-story housing. Yeah, uh, go ahead, Ruben. And I think a commission maybe for getting younger people involved as well. Um, yeah. For that, who want to, you know, and just I mean, just for everybody, but make, making sure that it's easy and that it's not fragmented and that um, you know everyone can access it. Yeah. That's the main thing, I think. That's yeah, and know, it gives them a voice. voice. It gives people a voice. I think part of it is they maybe the seniors don't feel right now that they have a real voice in the in the city planning and et cetera. So this is a I think a great way to yeah, get them I, involved. I think a lot of people. I guess. I mean, like I said, there's a lot of, it's a good thing, but I think ha making sure that most people, not just seniors, but younger people have a voice as well uh, and have somewhere to go to and yeah. making sure they feel like they're listened to. Um, and like I said, this in the next sort of question that brings up, I think was a classic example <laughs> of, um, <laughs> you were leading on to the next one, uh, of yeah. people not really being listened to and why, you right. know, I guess it's yeah. interesting. Well, well I guess, listened to but it was completely taken out of proportion in uh, the next one the question was about transportation yeah I'll, I'll bring it up I think one thing that, that the highlight for me was that <laughs> it, if you don't just mention you just say commission in general for population mm. maybe all the groups in towns that have large like you know the youth or whatever need uh, need a commission as well and they could do the same thing a youth voice a youth voice a, you know a mid youth voice whatever because any of these groups that can get to the city will just bring more information to the city to help them make decisions. But a Andy, what do you think about well, this? So a commission, can, let's just identify what a commission would be for seniors. Would that be, um, you know, exactly just explain that for a lay person, what a commission Oh, okay. I, I think a commission is a is a authority that the city gives to a group to basically discuss relevant issues that then are are basically brought up in a report form, right? And then handed the city, and then the city manager and other people in the city will look at those reports to help when they're doing city planning, for example. Right. Right. I see. So it's a group of volunteers that effectively uh, represent the over 55s or the seniors in who are living in Benicia of which there is a significant portion correct we know that in in we look at the census and we know that there is an an aging population in Benicia um and um I mean there are obviously younger people coming in too right. but but because it, it just gives them a voice on on the council and helps them to develop and policies that would Help them out as they as they as they retire into Benicia, basically. Yeah, I think it's like, like a data input for the city. It's, right. it's, it's a place to get a information right, in, so a, in a more in a more succinct way. Versus right. Well, that, well, that makes total sense to me to have one. Um, how well, in what form it comes, I don't know. But I mean, obviously, to have have that input from you know a big proportion of the population of the twenty eight thousand yeah. people in Benicia makes a lot of sense. Uh, because there are issues which we've already identified in in some of our previous podcasts to do with housing and transportation for two 
for one thing, you know, those those are two yeah. big issues because. I mean, I, I seem to. I was talking to uh, a senior, just not to divulge too much, but um, who would like to downsize their property in Venetia, but because of the, the the way that the housing is currently structured, there isn't enough single-story properties for Correct. people to downsize into. So they live in a bigger house because they don't want to leave Venetia. The house is probably paid for, or or however, their children have moved out. Um, they're living in a bigger house, but yep. because they want to stay in Benicia, they'd like to move into a smaller house, which then frees up a larger house for a family. Well, what most people do in the but but um, but because of the because of the lack of housing for seniors, effectively, and I'm you know I'm talking about one bedroom, two bedroom, maybe they're kind of stuck. Stuck, yes, right, you're yeah. stuck. Yeah, and also, you know, because <laughs> as you get older, maybe you don't want to have stairs. You don't want right. to have. You want to make it easier because then, yeah, you know, exactly. particularly when you move, you want to move and you don't necessarily want to have to move again. You know, so let's say you move in your 50s to downsize because your children are no longer living with you. And then you want to move into a different place, uh, which suits your needs more. Um, but there's a problem with that because you have to kind of, there isn't enough housing like that in Benicia. So yeah, and this having is the, the, having yeah. the uh, commission is something that is mm. obviously going to be useful for having the discussions with the city about, well, we need this. And it's a centralised place that mm. it can happen. It just needs to be, you know, yeah. like I said, maybe a, even a youth commission as well, because well, this, I think, well, you yeah, know, I be, think that's important. I think it's... Yeah, I think commissions at, in general, know. yeah, I think commissions in general are good because they, again, they're, they're a data point for the city. They give them a nice, concise way to get, get a hold of information from people without having to sort through a bunch of emails or whatever phone calls mm -hmm. and try to and try to collate that all, this is a great way to, to gather information mm -hmm. so I, I agree with the candidates all seem pretty positive on this I, I think only, there was only one that maybe said that it was going to be difficult because of the downsizing but then Carrie and and Terry I think maybe brought up the, the hybrid thing which is another good solution oh yeah I think all of them were yeah. quite positive about it I think you know all of them were uh, yeah. Very, you know, they were for it. They just wanted to make sure it wasn't going to end up being like, how big was it going to get? And I, yeah. I, I understand that. You know, you don't want it getting, you know, too convoluted. Convoluted, yes, exactly. That's the yeah. You don't <laughs> and too saturated. I think that's the other one. Like, <laughs> so many. Like if they go into lots of different sub commissions and it's all like that. Ah, I know it becomes too, too bureaucratic. You know, or whatever. Yeah. So that, well, that's the main thing. I think with a commission in this particular situation, there are three or four main areas. That that could be that, that that a commission could definitely assist the city with, and we know what those areas are, you know. And I think that's um, that's something that um, Paul Bart here is happening. <laughs> <laughs> he's all right. He's back. He's okay. He's, he's back. back. He's please, back. Please stay alive on our podcast, Mark. <laughs> we actually took a Not sip of wine. We're, we're sitting in some wine, <laughs> some wine, keeping it nice and casual, yes. as we do. But as I said, I think there's only there's only there's three or four main topics which which really mm. uh, are, are really important. I mean, you know, I'm not getting any younger, so it's uh, it's the same it's the same issues for me. So, um, but I think it's a good idea. Yeah, I really do. Yeah. So I think that's I think that's the answer to the question. Not everybody yeah. considers it to be a good idea. Yeah, and that's the thing I got in general. I I think it's a good idea um, as well because I think it would work for everybody, and, mm -hmm. as, as, and as long as it serves everybody, that's the main thing. It, like I say, it doesn't just hyper focus, and it does serve everybody. Well, and also children <laughs> and she, <laughs> want yeah, their parents to be represented. Yeah, exactly. You know what? What are the groups? 
I mean, I think elderly people tend to be, or, or seniors tend to be, slightly marginalized in society anyway you feel mm. like you're you know when you give up work and you retire and things you know maybe to a certain extent your viewpoint isn't considered as important as somebody that's working or younger or whatever and i think there is a there, yeah. is, a, there is a there is a slight chance of that happening isn't there i think maybe more than a slight chance but yeah, i think they kind of get left behind basically yeah thanks for the uh, the the, the uh, sorry guys that's all right <laughs> but do you, do you think that is the case yeah. so glad you did. Um, I think I think part of it is is this helps people that maybe uh, feel like they're kind of kind of leaving the workforce and maybe retiring or whatever to get a voice kind of get get some uh, skin in the game get back in the game with uh, with with the city mm. and help move forward help and actually it's great for young people because bringing in the the senior voice because uh, we're all everybody's going to be a senior someday absolutely well hopefully yeah hopefully right um, and then they'll be able to have a voice and then this this commission will be able to you know bring a lot of data back to the city so I think mm-hmm. uh, I, yeah I don't have any issues okay so we've I mean like, like I said the housing thing is completely so that's a completely another yeah. sort of thing and it but it's like when you have a lack of one bedroom housing and things like that smaller places because a lot of younger people let's face it I don't think they want a big place straight away and and, and this is the thing and until you you know are going to raise a family or what have you um, you don't want anything that big anyway you know, yeah. it's everyone. You know, everyone's sort of on the same page with that. You know, you don't want something too big because it's a lot of maintenance. Now, put in that point in your life anyway. So, um, but yeah. So the next, okay. our next question. Yeah, let's go to the next. Let's question. go to the next one as well because this sort of um, it's uh, following on from this. Um, is transportation? Uh, I could go on and on for hours about transportation. Well, well, well let me read. The, I'll, I'll read the question <laughs> that way. You guys can get it. Get it. It's, it's, yeah. it's a good question. Yeah. Um, seniors volunteer, pay taxes, spend ma- money downtown. Rancho Benicia has also provided a percentage of low-income housing in our grandchildren to, to the schools. We feel left out of the transportation plant part, plan of the city. How would you help us get the back the bus stop returned and the little buses back to increase our transportation? So I think this is an interesting question because it, it, it covers more than just Rancho Benicia. This is really about access to the whole town in general. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for everyone. Right, getting around. Um, so let's go ahead and maybe address the the first part, which is the seniors, you know, really looking for a way to get you know more transportation to them. Yeah, and I'm going to keep this because, like I said, I could literally uh, because I rely myself on a lot of transportation. Uh, I've, I'm visually impaired. I rely massively on public transport and Lyft programs and Uber, all these things. Um, but from what I heard, um, I mean, there were different opinions, like I said, but most of it was. Um, it wasn't the fact that people, you know, didn't want the buses there. What the issue was was the residents could not access the bus stop because it was on the other side of the street, and they couldn't. I guess people couldn't cross the street, and that well, is safely safely cross the street. Mm-hmm. And if you can't access transit safely, easily, it's that's when you're gonna maybe ha- that's when you're gonna definitely have issues with ridership numbers, and you know that's when. And I know somebody, I think somebody did complain to Soul Trans and say that they couldn't access it. Uh, I know, and then um, they just removed the bus stop entirely. So I thought that maybe was a bit of an overreaction. They probably could have yeah. moved it to, you know, or made a safe crossing so that they could access it. That's really something very simple they probably could have done. And then um, also making more people aware of it, of what's what's right. there. And that's, that's the thing. Um, Terry uh, Scott said something about making, say, smarter transit, having more park and ride locations. 
for employees well, and trams. I think like you know having a bus tram basically. Yeah, something similar to that, like a trolley or something. Um, well, no, I think I think I think what was I remember in Benicia years ago when I first came here, there were uh, there were quite a lot of the small uh, buses around almost like mini buses you know they were just small small ones that used to go locally yeah. and pick people up in southampton and pick people up on you know on the west side and the east side of town and and i seem to remember those and i don't see those very often anymore and i'm not sure if that is a result of the pandemic because of the fact that or or just purely because people weren't using them enough and they weren't making any money i, I mean that would be something that i would definitely think bringing back in would be a good idea because I know seniors that don't own cars. They they don't own cars, quite frankly, because they don't use them enough. Um, when they're up to sort of 70, 75 years old, driving a car, particularly nowadays, you know, is actually different to the way it was, you know, 20, 30 years ago, let's be honest. And also, they just don't need it. And, it, you know, if they need to just get around in town, being able to pick up a small bus of some sort that would take you to the Rayleigh shopping centre or the Safeway shopping centre or downtown Benicia, that would serve a lot of people, I'm sure. And if it was on a regular timetable during the week where you could, you, you knew it would come, even if it was every hour, you know, I think if people were out, if that was advertised and people knew about it and it was affordable... I think people would definitely use it. Yeah, and I think, I mean, um, I heard, I think it was Bill Innes' concern. Um, his wife uses the Solano Express bus, um, and he was concerned that that was going to go. I don't think, I mean, I think there are enough people that do use that, because I, I definitely do, to get to Walnut Creek and to get to the airport and in San Francisco. Um, so, it, you know, I, I think that's, a pretty good bus that is there. I mean, I think people are worried about how empty that bus can be, but they have to run these bigger buses because otherwise they wouldn't be able to run smaller buses on the freeways. Uh, so but this is a local bus. This but is a local, local buses, bus. I think also focusing, getting, getting more local buses out uh, so that people can jump on it and go downtown and, um, and get to Rayleigh's or go to wherever they want to go, even going further out into the Gateway Plaza again. And, They've replaced that with lift programs, which I think is great. And there was something that um, I think Bill and Lionel both said is extending that till 2 a.m. Uh, on the weekends. I think, or I don't know if it's going to be every day or on the weekends, mm -hmm. but that was an idea uh, for public safety reasons. Right. The only thing that, in my opinion, I can see that is an issue with Lyft and Uber and things like that is if there's no drive because like I said all these, these drivers are contractors it's not as if they're working shifts and that there's a guarantee there's a guarantee there's not a guarantee that in the middle of the night you may get a ride within say 10 or 15 minutes you may have to wait for 40 minutes or up to an hour sometimes maybe so is that is that and, and that that could be a stumbling block I'm yeah, just saying yeah that could be I mean I've I I mean from from a I mean I've spent a lot of time in Europe um of course and we use a lot more public transport in Europe, as simple as that. Is there a perception still within this community here that it's safer to drive? It's, you know, it's that public transport is seen as a kind of a lower form of transport. I'm going to throw it out there because yeah. <coughs> I, th I, think I think that's is, an important yeah. factor yeah. because yeah. even though it makes sense and if we're trying to 
become a greener country that's the aim is to reduce the number of of cars on the road and to be because you know pollution doesn't just come from from the exhaust fumes it comes from the tires that are used on cars as well that's everything about them so public transport mass transit or just using transport and living in cities or living in places where there is better public transport um, it's not seen as a lower form of transport whereas i get the impression here that it is seen as being a, a sort of you want to be cocooned in your car and have the freedom to be able to go and not have to look at anybody else or potentially see. <laughs> so do, do you know what I mean? Yeah. I think that's a, it's going to be, have to be a shift in people's mind in some people's mindsets. Yeah, we're going to have to go with probably the younger people that that will you know be able to hop on a trolley or or a different kind of little small bus or whatever just because it'll be more convenient for them. Yeah, yeah. And, it, and it works. So it's it, yeah. the, the model is there. It works, it works so well. Oh yeah, yeah. It's just that it, there's this kind of shift in people's perceptions. And but the, this is the thing of it. Sorry, if I just interject yeah. here as well. Uh, it's not just that though. They the transit companies have to make an effort to market that because a lot of people it's not that they won't do it it's just they're not aware of it it's like the solano express it goes up military if if you're not living really close to military you may not see it and may not see it ever and and this is you know and you may just think oh there's i i don't need to use it because i don't know of any um well let me just put another thing let me just say something else here just to just to put the uh just just to put another perspective on it okay we hear and see the trains, Amtrak, going through Benicia all the time. Or going across right? from the water. Ruben and I have used it regularly. We, in fact, came across the country on Amtrak, and we've used it to get to Oakland. We've used it to get to Sacramento. We know so many people that hear and see the trains that have never, ever been on it. Yes, I've used it myself to go down to Emeryville and, uh, and a number of places, Fresno and yeah. In, in Just a, but it amazes yeah. me that okay. no, but the people that so many people I know, and they've lived in Benicia for thirty yeah. plus years. I know have never used Amtrak. I think and it's I think it's partly marketing, like, like yeah, you're saying marketing. marketing and I think it's also because if you if you have been in Europe, but you guys have been in Europe, I've been in mm. Europe a lot, and it's amazing the transportation, how much more fluid it works in these in these yeah. different jurisdictions. And it's partly the access as well, because like I said, um, I, I actually was on a train. I was on the California Zephyr going towards Sacramento, uh, just just going to Sacramento with a friend for a day, and there was a, an older person. She was like I think she was like eight, in her eighties, and she lived in Benicia. Um, she was saying. Um, you know, the issue was is she, she likes using Amtrak, but she couldn't get to Martinez. There was no bus. She'd True. have to always take Uber, or which, you know, it's okay. That's fine a few times, but if you're taking it on a regular, it will add up in cost. But there's no, yeah. there's no bus service to that. So it's just like getting bus it's service that's local. It's joining the dots, getting people, you know, getting bus service that's local, and that is, you know, what people want to use, yeah. not just seniors, but younger people. If they want to get downtown, then it takes the pressure off the parking, getting to places like DVC or uh, Martinez Amtrak, as well as the BART stations. And I think, I think the targets that have been set by the world, this, let's be honest, is the, by the developed world for becoming uh, zero emissions and becoming greener. Yeah. It, you, have to fo- you have to look at public transport. You have to look at Mass those systems. Yes, you absolutely do, because that is the future in, in a lot of ways. I mean, electric cars is definitely one of them, but providing more greener moving more people for less energy um at at an affordable rate is definitely going to be the way that and benicia in his little micro 
environment and so has a great opportunity to actually yeah it does pr- it, you know it could sort of lead the it, way it could, it could lead the way yeah in, you could look I, 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 I mean think, wow. I, I could envision a trolley system all over town including southampton going yeah, up and, and down why, and why not <clears throat> i mean it's just uh i mean if you if you any time in europe and he's like in, in places like zurich switzerland and d- different places that have these these trains they have that whole kind of integrated yes and you never yeah. have to worry you go i'm going to pick this one up here and you step off and you go to another one and they all have the same transit card yeah. so you I basically mean, don't worry about the transit card yeah. you, see the problem with seniors here seniors for example they may not be technically savvy some most of, many of them are but some may not some may not want to deal with uber or lyft or yeah. whatever right they may yeah. not want to have or, them. or even a te- they, some of right. them like are used to driving but they they're not going to want to use a tesla like, can you imagine them moving over to say an electric car with this yeah, big there's screen? Yeah, there's on a the lot front. of so the whole the whole idea is to is to get more transportation availability, marketing, but also remove the barriers to entry and getting access to it. And, like, and I'm going to bring it back to the senior to the senior bus stop. This is yep. kind of an epitome of this. Is that here we have a group of people at Rancho Benicia that would like their their bus stop back on yeah. the right side of the road. And the one surprising thing for me out of the whole candidate forum was uh, I think Lionel said. Hey, look, um, you know, I'm the, I'm, was he the chairman of the, of the transit or something? Was that right? And I'm surprised that the chairman of the transit couldn't make that happen. Like, okay, let's put a bus stop back over at Rancho Benicia in the right location. W- what do you guys think? Is that, am I being out of line here? No, definitely not. And at some point, I think uh, very soon, actually, I might actually put a poll out to see how many, to see if I can see how many responses I get on how, yeah, and what people would want in public transit, yes. listening yeah. in Benicia, and where where they would like it to go. Um, so you know, and that will probably go on next door and on our Facebook page. We'll get that sort. Of, you know, I'll, I'll yeah. get that on. And okay. um, you know, so but like I said, I think just again, um, and this is really it's it can be really simply done. As you know, I think the main thing is is that if that people can access it, so they can actually be able to cross the street safely, easily. Yeah. Um, then that's the main thing, really. Yes. Okay. So, I, I'm so gonna, yeah, next one. Well, I'm going to tee up the next question. We got we have two more questions. And we had a few yep. minutes to go. Yeah. Um, the next question is really this is for the entire city. It's we are not far from Valero. How can the city council increase our air quality safety in the future? Wow. Mm. What a question. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like the elephant in the room, right? We are definitely near a major refinery. So, uh, Ruben, what do you, what's your, what are your thoughts on this question, and, and how do you think the count, these these candidates answered those questions? Well, I think you know, like I said, it's not going to be going anywhere soon. So I think, like I said, we need to be working with them and not, you know, trying to cause any sort of tension or anything, anything like that. But I think the air quality and safety, like I said, public safety is the number one priority of people, and I think, um, you know. What what they were saying was it was a, it was like a mixed thing. I think people were talking about as well having portable air monitoring uh, and making sure the air monitoring is up to scratch because uh, at the moment apparently it only measures particulate matter and not like chemicals that are coming out. So I mean, like I said, I I don't know um, too much about it. I'm not going to delve in too much about it with the sort of what's been happening over the years with them. Um, that's not for me to say. Well, I, I think it's a bit of tension because, 
on the one hand, you know, Valero's being controlled by an Austin-based mm. company. Yeah, right? in yeah. Texas, and this Sound is this time, is the yeah. thing. And so, you know, there. So, you know, I my first job, believe it or not, my first job was working in the petroleum industry as an engineer. So, I mean, I know I know the struggle. You're basically trying to produce, you know, all this energy, different kinds of components of, you know, from gasoline to all kinds of products, right? And you have to make these output. You have you have you have uh, money to produce. You have you know goals to reach. You have targets to meet. Targets to meet. And it's tough because, uh, you know, we, there's a lot of pollution control, environmental control uh, regulations in mm-hmm. California. Um, so it's a, it's a very tight, tight, you know, I, I think I think Valero, from knowing what they've been done, is they, they could do a better job. Uh, you know, the candidates kind of brought this up. They could do a better job of monitoring. Some some candidates said that they've done a pretty good job, but they need to improve their online monitoring. Yeah. yeah when I, what I heard was that all the, all the, all the candidates – believe that um that valero needs to be a good neighbor to the residents that's of a good point they need a good neighbor. that's what they said so in that respect and i think they were all in agreement with that and i think on that basis is that they want transparency they don't want to feel that that valero is doing something that they're not telling the residents of benicia about that they're actually complying with oh, with yeah. with with what they should be doing and if something happens they need to advise the residents of benicia as ruben said the 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 we we choose to live in Benicia, knowing that there is a big, well, several big ore refineries very close to us, and as long as those oil refineries are complying with the regulations that they should be reply, complying yeah. with, and that they are being honest and transparent with the residents about that, then I think there's that that to them is is a is the way that they should be approaching this. Yeah, they should. Um Matter of fact, uh, I, they talked a lot about air monitoring, and, yeah. Yeah, and so Carrie brought up some air monitoring down by the, I guess the firehouse downtown mm-hmm. or the old one, mm-hmm. and maybe some. And then Terry Scott brought up some things about maybe having monitoring in different parts of the city. Mm-hmm. Actually, there is a, a. I don't know if you guys know, but there's a Benicia Community Air Monitoring Program. Yeah, right I did. Now. Know. Yeah, we I got the Community that. Air Monitoring Board. If you would like yeah, actually, to actually, actually, yeah, go yeah, go on the website. I guess you can search for a Benicia Community mm-hmm. Air Monitoring Program, which actually uh, is a real time monitoring system over uh, placed over by the refinery. Right, and this is this is great because yeah. you know independent monitoring of what Valero is doing is necessary to hold Valero accountable should there be yeah. any situation. But I think I think as I said, you know, the, the, we don't want to we don't want to fight with Valero, but what we want to do with Valero is actually have a relationship with Valero that we all understand, that we can feel comfortab- comfortable and confident that they yeah. are reporting what they yeah. should be reporting. And working in an ethical and working way. In an ethical and, way. And, and, you know, safely. And, and yeah. this is, you know, it's one of the newest refineries out there. So it's the... Yeah. It's, uh, so it's going to be the last one new. to go. It's going to be one it, of the last basically. ones. <laughs> so yeah. I, think, um, I think, but I think that's a big topic. But I think that the general consensus from what I got from the from the Rancho uh, Benicia Forum was that th- all the candidates wanted to see transparency. They wanted to see Valero held accountable yes. should there be a yep. problem. Yep. Um, and they want um, air monitoring that, yep. that actually alerts people should there be a problem that that, uh, that yep. Valero hasn't actually landed. So we probably need to... We probably need to move on, though, on but, to the next yeah. question. But, like, like on I said, but I think um, it's a big, it's well, a big. Well, I think with any corporation, any big corporation in any small town, uh, you know, it's just generally having transparency is a good thing, and it, regardless of the corporation, you know, if you, you know, involved in the downtown and everything, you're there. Be just be having transparency with the community. You'll get a lot of respect from that. 
Yeah, I think it's the transmission. It's going to tie well, really well into our next yeah, question. And with, yeah. a pro- with a product, you want to know, a lot of people want to know that it's been ethically sourced or it's been produced yeah. in a place where they actually care about the people that are doing it, yeah. which really does. You know, with Benicia, we have a great big oil refinery in the I mean, town. you know, there is litigation, of course, to, to take care of some issues and try to, but that's after the fact, yeah. after yeah. things happen. But yeah. I'm going to bring up this last question, yeah. which kind of ties right into this. Uh, which I think is really good. It says, um, how can we be assured that we will have a fair election when outside PACs have not stopped spending money to influence our election? Now, this ties back to one of our earlier podcasts, right? Uh, Where, Ruben, you brought up the fact that we need to have clean and fair elections. So maybe we can bring up some of that in this last segment of of our today's podcast. I mean, I'd hope in Western civilization that, you know, that's, you know, it's, everyone is entitled to have their voice and, um, you know, entitled to a clean and fair election. That is, you know, part of being in Western civilization, being in a democracy, you know, in a Western democracy. So, and I think, you know, there, you know, none of these people are doing anything illegal. None of these, no corporations are doing, it's just, it can sometimes seem immoral uh, that, you know, if people yeah. are getting things like that. Well, I'll, 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 you know, like Ruben, let me, let me, I actually, I have a postcard that I received from uh, the Benicia, I guess, from Clean, you know, for Clean Elections Committee. Yeah. It says, uh, Benicia voters beware. Texas-based Valero has committed at least $200,000 to his working families pack to be tried to pers- persuade Benicia to elect Valero's preferred candidates for city council candidates. Can't spend more than 34600 so Valero's expenditure puts Benicia residents, businesses, and candidates at a huge disadvantage. Check the fine print to see if a mailing uh, or ad is, is from the Working Families Pack and know it's Valero behind that. I think that's that's kind of nice because it's, it's a counter narrative to you know to a pack. Yeah, so, and it's, yeah. I mean, we shouldn't have to do that, but I guess it's it's just the way it is, right? With the, the law, it's legal. Well, yeah. but if it's legal um, to for an independent corporation or whatever to spend. A huge sum of money, a bit like, say, my company spending a lot of money to to promote a particular candidate, or whatever. It's not illegal, but is it fair and moral? Probably not. Probably not no. Yeah. But the trouble is, it's not illegal. So you're you're in a fine situation here because you have to consider, you know, that I mean, let's be honest. I mean, some of the signs for the candidates are twice or three times the size of the other ones. Yes, and and, and what's interesting and is is is, is <laughs> it's not what, easy to what, spot what, that. What I think is really fascinating is you can have a pack like uh, the Working Family Pack put all this money toward a candidate. The candidate can even disclaim that they don't want to be part of that. And yet they're still getting the benefit Correct. Mm. of the PAC. So they're not receiving money from the PAC, mm-hmm. that's true. But they're getting the benefit of the advertising and all the other money spent yeah. to promote the well, candidate. Well, then, then those candidates must be, have perceived, uh, they must have obviously had, they, you know, I'm, I'm not trying to create a problem here, but they must be leaning towards the 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 needs of someone like uh, a bigger corporation. Yeah, I mean, I, otherwise, why, why, would, why would why would why would the big corporation support them? So there must have been some discussion yeah. or some some narrative between them that says, okay, well, if you you know, I, I will be more in favour of the way that you operate. You know, that's 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 that's, that's been going on for years and years. And, and this years. is the part. But of the is system. it fair? Is it fair? No, but it's not no. illegal. So how do you? <laughs> You know, how do you address that? You have to change the law. 
basically. Yeah, if he, well, for one, if in, in, in Benicia directly, we should, Valero needs to, uh, I, I mean, from my perspective, Valero just needs to drop the pack, just say we're not using the pack anymore. Right. And, and just go and do the and do what the, everybody agrees to be play fair. Mm. I think that's fine. If we all play fair, Valero can just yeah. play fair. But there are other big corporations in, yeah, in oh, yeah. Benicia. Yeah. Any any corporation. I any, mean, there are some big ones. Yeah. I mean, there's the yeah. car importer. Was it Amp? Ports, yeah, in, any of them. I, I mean, mean I, yeah, any of them. I don't know whether they they are I haven't seen putting anything. money forward have you, have you to seen, candidates. Have you, Ruben? Have you seen anything about the other other con, in, in, uh, companies in town doing that? I mean, not really. But it happens. It's not just in this town. It's a whole thing that happens in this country and happens in. Well, it happens it, all it, it's the world. global. It's a global thing where you know, and big corporations have a big say in global yeah. events, and this is. What you know, and and this is just a general thing in today's system that's happening is a lot of things done by global corporations, and they will have big say in it. So, so my feeling, and, and this is the thing: it's just. Let me just say this yeah. as well: it, when you're voting, vote for what you want and what you want to see, and the candidate who you know what what yeah. says most to you as a citizen. I agree. You know, with that. don't vote on the base of a corporation, and you know, or feel like you're getting forced to it. Vote for who you want. Yes, I'd agree with that. I mean, you have to look at, you have to look, you have to drill down and see exactly what like, each candidate is is presenting to you, and if that if that is aligned with what you want, then you make you you make your choice. It, it's only that it's only that there's the visual side of it, mm. which obviously yeah. you know is is not that is not useful for Ruben, but it's useful for other people when you're driving around Benicia and you see these enormous signs everywhere. You know, and they're like I said, twice or three times the size of say some of the other candidates. And then obviously, as you as the election is, it comes close to the election. I'm guessing there's going to be more uh, promotion yeah, and what you, have you. Television, but, radio, but whatever, you know, but yeah. the thing is, yeah. a podcast like this or that postcard makes awareness. It, it, it puts awareness yeah. into the voting, the voters, so they can see. Ah, oh, okay. Well, let's have a look at these particular candidates and see what they really do yeah, stand for. Yeah, maybe the takeaway of all this is is to ignore all the all the, uh, the hyperbole, all the all the advertising. Right. Yeah. Ignore maybe the. Look at what the candidates are offering. Yeah. What they've done. What they've done for the community, and really drill down. If, you know, I know many people won't do that. They'll just kind of maybe they're too lazy or whatever. But if if you're serious about knowing about a candidate, do that, and then you'll you'll get a chance. I to, think that's important yeah, because yeah. I think that. You know, that's the only way you're really going to be able to discover is, is, is like you said, listening to a podcast like this, yes. hearing the candidates come on or going to Rancho Benicia and actually hearing the candidates talk and speak and read what they put on their websites and see what their their agenda is effectively yeah. and how they consider that if they were to be elected, how they would move forward with the issues which, which affect all of us here and, in and, and by the way, um, I should mention that uh, the League of Women Voters is putting on a, a candidate forum October 12th mm. at the Senior Center. Yeah, that's interesting. October 12th, 7 to 9 p.m. at the Senior Center here in town. Yeah. I think people of the podcast listening, head on down to yeah, October 12th. Yeah, I think that's 12th. a great idea. Mm. And can I just make one point on that? Because the 2020 census of Benicia yes. okay, <laughs> puts... Um, the percentage of females in Benicia at over 50%. Oh, my gosh. That's fantastic. All right. So that kind of gives you a little perspe a perspective on that. was the 2020 April census. So 
there's a big voice there, isn't there? Yes, there is. So and the League of Women Voters is doing their thing with yeah. them, which is awesome. That's very interesting. Yeah, and that's 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 good. That's awesome. That is a good thing. Um, so I think we're we're so pretty much wrapping. So up. So I think now. we're wrapping up on this one. So we've got one final. We've got one final question, or was that the last? Um, that was the last question. There were only four questions. So we've that's gone over. We oh, got yeah. over. <laughs> I think it must be the wine. <laughs> so um, <laughs> it's that Cal- it's like uh, the the dry farm Californian wine. Well, yeah. it, so it sounds like in summary that a lot of these questions really not only address some of the things that Rancho Benicia is worried about, but they also address things that the community is worried about. Mm-hmm. So uh, what's our takeaway? My takeaway is uh, check your candidates, ignore the advertising, mm-hmm. look at the candidate and pick the one that best, like like you said, Ruben, best suits your needs. Yeah, and same for me. Um, definitely look at it, look at the Look at the not look at look at exactly what they're they're saying. Look at listen if you if you connect with a particular candidate, you like what they're saying. It it aligns with what you want going forward over the next few years in Benicia and longer term. Then you choose you choose your candidate based upon that and not on how many signs they have around Benicia and how big the signs are or and, or or everything else basically. Yeah, I, I'd you know. follow on with that. Vote for what speaks to you. Very good. And vote for the person who speaks to you directly and what you feel is right to go forward and it's down to the citizens at the end of the day it's down to everybody it's down to the you know it's down to your voice Absolutely. and i would definitely recommend look have a look on our youtube channel give us a like give us a subscribe and leave a comment if you have any uh, anything to say um definitely leave some comments um i'd be interesting to have a look um we'd like to thank you again um for listening and uh, we'll see you in the next one and thank you very much have a good rest of your weekend thank Bye-bye. you Ruben. bye-bye, bye-bye.